New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting pediatrician Dr. Paria Hasuri. She's the author of the memoir, Found in Transition, A Mother's Evolution During Her Child's Gender Change. I'm speaking with Dr. Hasuri at her home by remote connection. Welcome, Paria, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. This memoir is just a brave account of a year in which you journeyed through resistance to acceptance and ultimately supporting your daughter's gender transition. So please tell us about your early resistance and what it was like for you um, in the very beginning of this journey. Yeah, so, you know, I have three children, and in May of 2017, my middle child at the age of 13 and a half uh, told us that she is not a boy and that she believes she's a girl and that she would like to start hormone therapy and, and go to school as a girl in the near future. And when this happened, really the rug was pulled out from under my feet, Um I had never thought that she had any signs that she may be trans. So uh, at 13 and a half, when she told us this was really completely out of the blue and a shock for us. And so therefore, we initially really didn't accept it um, at all. Our, my, my initial reaction was a lot of denial and anger at what I thought was an attempt to get attention and depression and confusion and not the reality of who she was. So you thought that she was actually trying to get attention. And that's like a regret for you as well, that you spent, I don't know how many months just in that denial and kind of going with the program, but still thinking, okay, this is just going to go away. Yeah, so I spent uh, about six months in denial and anger, mostly, and towards the end of the six months, started to have some grief in there. And then between the six to nine month period, denial sort of wasn't really an option and started to go away. And then I had a period of really bad grief. Um, And then around nine months is when we sort of started our process of acceptance. And I have a lot of regret over that six to nine month period um, that I was in all that, you know, denial and anger and, and grief and all of those things, you know, mixed in together. Because I think, you know, during that time, I delayed getting her the appropriate care. I mean, I, I did get her a therapist right away, but I would resist sort of what the therapist, you know, was telling me. It was, I was going through the motions, but not really supporting her. Have you forgiven yourself? I think I've mostly forgiven myself, (laughs) not a hundred percent. Certainly Ava has forgiven me long, long ago. She forgave me. And I think I've mostly forgiven myself. I mean, it is really 
a shock when something like this happens to you. But I just think I handled it, even though it was a shock, I, I handled it poorly. I should have handled it better. I know that at some point during all of this, you started running. And in fact, uh, you did some marathons and started to take care of yourself. And this just takes me to where are you now and what have you learned about yourself through this whole process? I've learned a lot about myself. Right now, I'm in a much, much better place. I mean, really, right now, I'm in the best place I've ever been. I think what I've really learned is that you should never underestimate your own capacity to evolve. There's been no other experience in my life that has made me grow this much as a person. So, you know, I've, I've gone from not just accepting my daughter, but really, you know, embracing this whole experience, feeling very lucky and privileged that she did come out to us in her teen years and didn't wait until she was an adult to do it, you know, on her own or alone and that I could, you know, walk with her through this process and really had to face my own insecurities and fears from the past and put those behind me as well and grow up as a person in that way. And I've really committed myself to using my voice in any way I can to to spread our story, to bring more awareness, to talk about transgender people and their rights and how they present. And um, But I think the, the biggest thing would be to not underestimate your capacity to evolve as a person when something like this happens to you. I'm also wondering, as a medical doctor, as a pediatrician, was there anything in your training that prepared you for this? There really wasn't. You know, I did my pediatric uh, residency in the late 90s, early 2000s, and we did not get any training whatsoever on transgender kids or just gender. I don't think they ever used the word you know, gender, maybe. And then, you know, I've been in practice for 20 years, so you would think that in 20 years things have changed, but really things have only changed a little bit in the last year or two. You know, over the last 20 years, uh, every year we're required to do uh, some continuing medical education uh, courses and credits to maintain our licenses. And in all my years of continuing medical education, never was there a requirement to learn about transgender kids you know, or gender. And anything I've learned subsequently, I've done on my own, not because it's any mandated part of my training. But I really think that this should be mandatory for all primary care pediatricians, you know, pediatricians, internal medicine doctors, family practitioners, learning about transgender health care should be mandatory for all primary care physicians. As an Iranian American, how has your family accepted this? Your parents and uncles and aunts and also Ava's siblings? Well, her siblings never missed a beat and never had any issue whatsoever with her gender change. I was worried that it would be difficult for my parents to accept, particularly I was worried that my mom would have some resistance when I told her, but she actually ended up being very supportive right from the beginning, from when I first told her. My sisters were very supportive from the very beginning. So surprisingly, 
most people were very supportive. There were a few people that had a little bit of a difficult time, but most people were very supportive. So I think sometimes we worry a little bit too much about what the outside world is going to think and that maybe we just need to give people a chance, or at least I certainly did, you know, and, and I should have given more people the benefit of the doubt and given them a chance. In your book, the way you describe it, when you did start to accept Ava and her change and that this is real and it should be supported and you could see how happy she was when she was out as a girl. I think your mother said something to you, just not really objecting to everything, but just saying, maybe she should wait till she's in college. And you wrote, and I thought it was so significant, you said, I could not ask her to wait those years, that it would just be such an unhappy time. You know, my mom... You know, she had, you know, so some points that, you know, maybe she should wait until college to transition because high school is already so hard and teenagers are, you know, mean and that maybe it would be easier if she waited to transition in college. That felt like asking her to wait to start her life. You know, I sort of, in my youth, had kind of waited until college to really, um, start to break some of my lonely years and insecurities and, you know, reinvented myself in, in college and spent high school lonely. And I didn't want to ask Ava to put her life on hold until she started college and start her transition. Then I wanted her to have the chance to arrive at college already being who she is. And also to be for her to be able to do this at home with our support, rather than having to do it on her own, which, which a lot of trans people do end up when they don't have family support, waiting until they are adults and leave the house and, and transition on their own. And I didn't want that for her. Towards the end of the book, you talk about when she does the legal change of her name and her gender, and it's a court thing that you do. And you and her father are sitting with Ava in the courtroom, and you were very vividly reminded of how many young people don't have that support. The court day was a day I had sort of been dreading because I didn't want to say goodbye to her old name and make it really final that Ava was going to be her new name. But then once we were sitting in court, I felt incredibly privileged and lucky to be there, that it was mandatory for us to, you know, be there and be by her side while she did this. And I just got the picture of, you know, what if she was an adult in court alone, um, sitting in court by herself and doing this? And how sad would that be? And then I, I just felt incredibly grateful that she had come out to us and that we could be there with her. That's wonderful. And, and that's where this book is really quite a gift to those people who are looking for that kind of support. And so do you have any last thoughts that you can give to people who are facing this in their lives and who are having a difficulty in accepting it? I think, you know, I would just say, if you just open your heart and open your mind and choose to 
look at the child in front of you and parent them day by day, not with fear, but just with love that you too can get through this and come out on the other side and that your relationship with your child can be better than you ever thought it would be after you go through this, you know, with them. Great advice. Pariyat, thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been speaking with pediatrician Dr. Paria Hasuri at her home by remote connection, and she's the author of the memoir, Found in Transition, A Mother's Evolution During Her Child's Gender Change. If you want to learn more about her work as a transgender rights activist, her blogs, and her other writings, go to pariahasuri.com, and she spells her name P-A-R-I-A. H-A-S-S-O-U-R-I. That's pariahasuri.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe. And I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.